Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today's a special day for two occasions. Number one is September 1st when we're recording this. And it just occurs to me, we have four months left till the end of the year. And which is uh, A, eek, and B, what a gift. You know, you got four months to do something spectacular and you don't have to figure out the big thing. All you have to do is figure out what's one thing I am going to do before the end of the year that's going to make things worthwhile in my personal life, in my business, so I can be better, stronger, faster. So ponder that in the comments. Let us know what you're going to focus on. And in a moment, as I introduce our most amazing guest, Vanessa Oak Hogan, welcome to the program. And what's the one thing you're going to focus on this year? Thank you. Um, yeah, I do look at September as a reset button too. It's another, it's a second chance at a new year. Um, I don't know. That's a big question. Personally, professionally. Let's I go think- personally. What are you going to do to just uh, for you or your family? Uh, what's one thing you want to make sure you accomplish? Well, I through the summer months, for the first time in a while, I kind of fell out of my routines a bit too much. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to I've already started to get back into all the things I need to do to make sure I'm clear headed and uh, able to focus and efficient. So getting back to my routine, which I love, is really what I'm focusing on. And then I'm better for everyone here at the office, of course, better for my family. I'm happier. So just working on getting back to the routine. So, you know, what's kind of odd is this, is that uh, there are uh, people out there let's talk about them, that think that they have to be there for their family, be there for their colleagues, be there for their job and be there for this. And they're always giving, 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 and they kind of get stooped. And like the first step to being an amazing giver is to be strong yourself. Because when I do a workshop, I uh, invite somebody over and say, you know, what do you typically feel like at the end of the day? And they're kind of standing there and stoop down a little bit. And then I reach over and I put my elbow on their shoulder and they just cave in. Now I said, okay, yeah. deep breath, stand up strong. And then I put all my weight and extra weight. I'm pushing down and they just rock solid. And it's just a great visual and kinesthetic yeah. symbol to people to go, yeah, when I'm strong, I can be there for my kids and my family and my job. And uh, that should be the first step. It's not selfish. It's selfless. Yeah, for sure. Brilliant. So you were talking about be there for your staff. Uh, you're a broker. So tell us about your brokerage. How many agents do you have? And who's your we favorite? Have Who's my favorite? <laughs> it's even Steven. I don't have a favorite. <laughs> it's about 100, 100 agents? 116 now. 116 agents and we have 10 staff. Yeah. And where in the world are you? You're somewhere near Toronto. Yeah, we're Peterborough, Ontario. So we, we're northeast of Toronto. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, there, uh, the 407 highway is a toll highway that was introduced. I forget the year. I want to say like four years ago, five years ago, it became fully usable. Maybe I'm I'm wrong there, but that's really sped up the commute into Toronto. So um, it's it's a good proximity. You're you're in 
you know, away from the hustle and bustle, but uh, can get into the city. Brilliant. Yeah. Back in the old days, they used to have these bandits that would rob you, uh, you know, when you were traveling roads. Now the 407 does it for you. electronically. Yeah. It's so That's expensive. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> it is so expensive, but it saves but a lot of it. times. Uh, absolutely. So sometimes it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So before you became a broker, you were a realtor? Yeah, I was. In 2013, I became a realtor. Nice, so um, recent. It is recent. I, I've grown up in the business. The The business I'm running was my father's business, and I took nice. it over um, end of 2016, roughly. Um, but I, as I said, I grew up in the business. He's he's surpassed his 50-year mark as nice. a realtor. So, um, But I did work in this office uh, when I was going to university. I'd come home in the summers for four months and work at the front desk in the early nice. 90s. So a lot of the people that were here then are still here, believe it or not. But so I had a good taste of the business done a lot differently in the 90s than it is now, but uh, officially got my license 2013. Yeah. Brilliant. I I met this woman, her name's Sloan Benson, and she was working for a company out in Seattle called Greenpoint Technologies. And she was like the senior VP of sales. And she was like freaking amazing and breathtaking. But the thing I like best about her story is she started at the company as the front reception. Yeah. Just worked herself up and it was through excellence and brilliance. She achieved this, you know, high level in the company. And uh, so, you know, dear listeners out there, when you're starting out, it's not what job you get is how you perform in the job uh, dictates how well you do in life. Yeah, completely. I mean, I had a bit of a leg up, I guess, because it's family business, but I do agree with what you're saying and learning all the different parts of how the company works is so valuable. Absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, I've met uh, friends that have, you know, their children coming into the companies and they let them come in for a little while and then they kick them out to go in the real world and then come back. And then they're like more seasoned and have Mm -hmm. a better sense of what's going on. Because sometimes being in a family business, you know, has its advantages, but it's got its hindrances as well. Yeah. And I think you, you lack that perspective as well. So I am glad I know sometimes I think, oh, I should have just got into this business right out of university and boy, I'd be so much further ahead, but I gained so much excellent experience in other jobs and with other companies that I use every day here. So, you know, I think that was valuable. Don't tell your husband, but I'm going to tell you what turns me on. (laughs) What turns me on is where you get somebody who's, let's say, a chemist, and then they end up becoming a CEO in some other kind of company, and they take what they learned about chemical reactions and catalysts, and they map it over to leadership teams. So you're taking knowledge from one discipline and applying it in another and creating something new and wonderful. takes my breath away. Yeah, I do love that. Brilliant. So you have 100 plus agents and... So here's my theory, and please uh, poke holes in it if you need to, and you know, that's why you're here, your expertise. In any organization, let's say your organization, you've got a hundred and some odd agents. Some of those agents are going to be A players that walk on water and do spectacular things. And then you've got some C players that you know struggle a bit. Then you've got B players that know the business really well. But uh, my theory is about half of them could become A players, but something in their mindset gets in the way of them stepping forward. So they got all the know-how, but there's a disconnect. Does that sound like a ridiculous theory or do you kind of go, oh, kind of makes sense? Or how would you correct? No, definitely. You seem right on track. If I could look at the whole roster of people here, Mm -hmm. kind of three different segments, just like you defined there. Yeah. 
And so one of the things that breaks my heart is this, when I see someone and you know, people just outside of your uh, real estate office, just in your life and your friends, where you see someone you, and you go, Janet, oh my God, she could be a superstar. And for whatever reason, she can't see it herself. And that breaks my heart is, you know, sometimes it's easier for other people to see us truly than we see mm-hmm. ourselves. What do you do when you come across a friend or a colleague where you can see greatness in them and for whatever reason, they can't see it? How do you kind of broach the subject? Do you taser them or is it more gentle? <laughs> I think that's what we're trying to do as a company all the time is, is come up with ways to motivate, inspire, um, hold them accountable through different programs, training, coaching, um, to help them be their best, be, as long as the desire is within them to to do their best, I yeah. think there there's a lot that can be done to inspire people. Like for me personally, if I just I listen to podcasts a lot, and I can listen to different um, real estate people on podcasts and get inspired within the first five minutes. Sometimes, so if you're looking for inspiration, it's there for you. So we try to present ideas. Um, and suggestions to the group all the time. And, and, and I think you can have a big impact on people if they're ready to and interested in, in doing that. Absolutely. And I think uh, what's kind of interesting is this. Most of who you are as a human being, uh, Vanessa, that defines you as the wonderful person that you are, most of that stuff uh, was done by the time you were seven. Yeah. Those underlying mm-hmm. beliefs. And from the age of seven on, there's another uh, 5% of beliefs that come in. So most of the beliefs that you got uh, were spectacular and allow you to have this amazing family, business, uh, all this great stuff. But some of those beliefs get in the way of you being exceptional. And so for you, you look like a really well-rounded, amazing human being. So when you look out there, you see motivation easily. But there are other people out there that have made beliefs about themselves and Mm -hmm. they can listen to the same podcast and go, Yeah, you're right. So if I was emperor for a day, which might happen, actually, it's it's a possibility, it would be this. It would be if I could help people discover someone amazing and the person I want them to discover is is their authentic self. Mm -hmm. Discover themselves, what that allows them to do is see themselves in a different way and they can see their strengths and all of a sudden go, oh my God. Yeah, could really leverage this and uh, not be like uh, living smaller than I should. And when they see the negatives to kind of go, huh, how can we figure, how can we get rid of that? How can we deal with that? And, you know, it could be a phone call to Vanessa. Vanessa, oh my God, I just discovered I've got doubts around this. Can we have a coffee? And you'd be there to help them out. So that would be what I would do is discover yourself, become fearless. And this is the last thing, which is like probably crazy talk. So don't hang up on me on this interview is, and this has been a lesson for me recently. If I could come to all the things that I do in life, come from a place of love, then I would honor the person in front of me. And that would just change the dynamics. So there would be the three things, discover your authentic self, just uh, have an amazing vision of what you want to build and come to life with love in your heart. I think that would be my one decree that I'd resign as emperor. Yeah, I think that would be amazing if everyone lived that way, for sure. Mm. So you're a leader. Uh, what's the one area you're playing with to get better at whatever area you want to get better at? Like, what's the current focus for you? Um, that's a good question. I think we've had a lot of growth um, in our company, hmm. when I took it over, there was about 70, there were about 73 agents and we've grown quite a bit um, and ad- adapted to all the new technology. 
I think I need to get clarity on what's next here for us. I mean, I know there's growth involved, but I want to get more specific and I'm not typically a five year ahead. What's my five year goal. I don't typically plan out that far, but I think I need to get there. So that's one of the things I'm working on. Here's the advice I can give you on that. If you want it. I'd love it. I love advice. So there's two things that need to happen. One, every single human being on planet earth has a purpose in life and most people don't discover what it is. And it's not that difficult to do. And when we discover it, what it does is it gives you a direction for your life. And one of the brilliant things that it allows you to do is make that the mission of your brokerage. Then you are like the poster girl without trying because you're actually just being. And the second thing is figuring out your deepest values and the criteria you use around work to become the values and the criteria for the practice you're building. And that way it allows you to build something freaking amazing. And then once you've got that direction, then you can go, okay, what do I want to build on this path? Because oftentimes you don't know what our path is. And we're like, do I do this? Do I do that? Once you know your path, then it's just super easy to say, I want to dominate North America or I want to, whatever it is. But that would right. be the pathway to getting those questions answered in a way that are authentic, that are right for you. And you bring your very best self out to play every day with your staff. Because not that you're not already doing that, but there's a more intensity, more passion, more certainty, and a comfortableness in your skin when that happens. And uh yeah. So we'll talk offline. We'll, us girls will talk offline around that. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And over the years, I've learned that it needs to be me. It needs to be, there are so many decisions that you make yeah. in a role like this and they have to come from my gut. I mean, I like to listen mm. to everyone's opinion, but at the end of the day, there are a few different ways you can go about doing things, but this is my company. And I mean, I work with an amazing team and it's not like a dictatorship, but when a decision has to be made and everyone's feeling a certain way, you have to go with your values, oh, your gut. Absolutely. So as you look out into the future of, you know, what's going to happen in the world, Canada, and I, <laughs> and I noticed you've got, do you have three children? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And uh, what are you helping them kind of realize that would allow them to function at uh, just build a happier, more joyful life? Is there any kind of advice you're giving them or directions in terms of a way of being? a good question it's hard when you're parenting teens at it's a whole new new world and i do struggle with it because you're losing the control for sure um so i'm just always trying to tell them actually what i just said um my my oldest our oldest son is is moving out and going to university we're driving him to school on sunday and um i've put together a book for him with a message in it and the message is I just want him to go with his gut because I know he's a great person and I know he's going to be faced with a lot of different decisions. And it's so easy at 18 years old to make the wrong decision and head down the wrong path. And at this point, you just have to cross your fingers and hope that everything you've taught them um, has sunk in to some degree. Mm -hmm. And so I just, uh, I try to tell them to go with their gut. Um, nice. That's beautiful. And I think the best advice. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. And I try to keep tabs and I do a little bit of lecturing here and there because I That's feel like mom, there's so yeah. much you want to tell them. Yeah. It just happened last night, for example. But, and I always apologize while I'm doing it. And I know they might not hear everything, but I'm hoping something sinks in. So. So I don't know the, if I answered your question. It did, and I'll share a quote with you. And this is uh, for you and your husband. It's a Mark Twain quote. Is when I was fourteen, I discovered my father was an idiot. 
And oh. when I was 21, it was amazing how much my dad had learned in seven years. Oh, yeah, it's true. They kind of <laughs> leave the planet for a few years, I think. Yeah. One of the things that kind of really pissed me off, I was about 22, 23. One day I had this thought, it's like, everything my dad told me not to do that I did turned out badly. And it was like, ah, he was right. It just seems so unfair. But I mean, that's just part of growing up is you need to fall down so you can learn the lessons because best advice from parents, you know, sometimes uh, you just don't believe them because, you know, what would they know? It's like they're old people. Exactly. And I know I can tell sometimes they kind of glaze over when I'm talking, but uh yeah, you get you still have to say those things and hope they hear you. My favorite mother thread I heard it was on TV is like, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So yeah. as you look at other Century 21 offices, is there one that's like, I like what they're doing? Is there one that's kind of shining for you right now? Or maybe just one aspect of what they do that you go, you know, I really like that. I want to incorporate that into what we're doing. Um, there are so many I respect and I hesitate mm. to mention any because we it doesn't name mean names. I'm not yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. I'm because I'm I'm in taking over a family business. I have friends that are doing the same thing within the within the franchise, and um, they're my go-to because I respect who they are as leaders, and they kind of are in the same boat because Mm -hmm. they're taking over a family business. But there are others as well that I call on just because. You know, you get to know each other through different uh, conferences and uh, I'm part of chairman circle, which is a real amazing opportunity for me to get together with the best brokers um, from in Canada once a year. And so you build these relationships to see how they operate. And um, I think that what I what I um, when I'm drawn to certain leaders within the system, it's because they're always innovating. They're always they're hard, hard workers. They're deeply passionate about their brokerage. Mm. And that's exactly how I feel. So I think we share ideas. I hope I can add some value to um, the conversation, but I do call on them a lot to, to help oh, me through. That's the way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite organizations in the entire world is the NSA. Not the people that eavesdrop on your phones, but uh, the National Speakers Association. Okay. And so the founder of that association, this guy had this crazy notion. He started uh, speaking when there wasn't an industry of speaking in in the world. Mm -hmm. And he had this notion that, you know, we need to make the pie bigger. And so this guy is dead and buried. But if you go into any NSA chapter, whether it's Toronto or Washington, D.C., and you go in there, you'll get a speaker that's making several million dollars a year at the top of his uh, powers. And you'll get a new speaker starting out and they'll go to that speaker and say, you know, can you help me out? And that super successful speaker will say, here's my playbook. This is the email you send out. And just that culture of openness and helping people succeed and building that kind of vibe, which is really hard after you're dead and buried to still have that living and breathing in all the chapters around the world, which is just magical. So what's the culture you want to build in your brokerage? Like what's the vibe that would just make you that is Vanessa. Like what kind of interactions are you looking for the agents to do? What kind of feel? Like if I walked into your office, what would I notice? It's always been um, since I, I worked here at the front desk, um, a family vibe at this mm-hmm. office. Nice. And so um, fights and uh, we're not coming to Thanksgiving. No, not that kind of <laughs> Not that <laughs> a better side. One, yes. Just a caring, supportive right. environment, you know, um, people it. rooting for each other. And I know like my father was very involved with the team and built really close relationships with, with the team. Um, so it definitely was partly him, but then going to my first century 21 Canada conference, 
I got the feel that, okay, this is actually also a brand vibe. Um, so definitely for me, that's a priority. And I think it's a priority because um, our agents, I want them to feel cared for. I want them to feel like we're taking them under their wing for those that need that. I want them to know they can rely on us. And I think it's very important for retention to have relationships with your agents. So we're always trying to find ways to, to build that either through coaching or training or social events or coffee or whatever. So love it. So I've got three last questions for you. Okay. Number one, probably the most important question I asked today, Vanessa, what makes you happy? Uh, I have to say the first thing, if my family is not doing well, happy, everyone, yes, you know, then I definitely suffer. So, so the joy of your family. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, life is life. Not everybody's happy go lucky yeah. all the time. Um, so yeah, I need to make sure that that family unit is chugging along in the right direction for me to come here and do my things. Nice. Question number two. What's one technique, mind hack that you use to be more productive, happier, healthier, sleep better, sexier? Like what's the one piece of advice you'd want to share with our audience that uh, people could apply right away and just do better? Uh, it's my morning routine. It's crucial. Getting up early, meditating, but, um, working out, um, having that alone time in the morning too. So that so, whole morning routine keeps me centered. I love that. And the last question, probably the most difficult question I'm going to ask you, what's a question I should have asked you, Vanessa, that I did not? Oh, yeah, that's a tricky question. Um, <laughs> you stumped me. Um, we'll do the top like line. about my job, what I don't like about the job, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so what don't you like? What's one thing you wish was better in your job? Um, I guess I always want to make sure everyone's happy. That's my nature strength or weakness. So I can't, you can't always do that. So that's, that's something I struggle with. Oh, I'm not sure who said this quote, but it's a famous one. You may be able to attribute it to someone. The beatings will continue till the morale improves. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the program. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm looking forward to our next. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 